Hey, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of Stories We Could Tell. And uh, very excited today, we have Delaney Buffett and Dylan Orenstein here. Um, Dylan's from, obviously, from the team, I do believe. And Delaney is, of course, Jimmy's daughter. So um, how are you guys? Really good. Yeah. yeah, this is great. We're all going to talk at the same time. It's just going to be a big mess. <laughs> so I just want to thank you guys for both being on. It's awesome. And I'm glad we could do this because one of us is in New York. One of us is in L.A., I think, and the other one's in Florida. So this is like the triangle. Yeah, that's right. So this is awesome. So um, let's talk, Dylan, tell us a little bit about what you actually do. Because I don't think a lot of people know you, but you know, you're one of the first people to actually reach out to me and support Classic Buffett at on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. And first off, I just want to say thank you for having me on this. Uh, you know, this is my first podcast. I try to steer clear of the public eye. A uh, little less than twenty is now with her newfound fame. But like only a thousand people know this. So don't worry. <laughs> and you know, I would say that. This is just wild for me because I can never conceive of a situation where someone would proactively want to hear what I have to say. I usually have to corner people at dinner parties or yeah. <laughs> my opinion out there. You know, I've had a opinion for a long time, but uh, I can mute you at any time if you like. And we just <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Side work in, you know, it is a tough economy, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm a big classic Buffett fan. Um, you know, to give background, like you said, uh, in terms of my day to day, I work on Jimmy's, um, you know, sort of, I guess you could call it strategy and management and business. You know, we really do a lot of stuff. And the way Jimmy sort of has his organization laid out is that there are people who have been with Jimmy for an extremely long period of time. We're talking 30 plus years. I'm obviously the earliest team member. Um, and the way Jimmy sort of has his internal organization is that, it's very collaborative. Everyone works on a bunch of different stuff, whether it be the stuff with, you know, marketing or merchandise or business. Um, it's really kind of a close-knit group of people that work together. So I'm a member of kind of that intimate team. And one of the things where I spend time, um, myself and my coworker and great friend, Rob uh, Meter, who I know you know as well, Dan. Yeah, he's great. He's a yeah. wonderful, really intelligent, sharp guy. He's the one who got Jimmy into social media really at the nascency of social media around 2012, he just understood the power and influence and, you know, the connection to the fans and the ability to, you know, engage with them and provide them content and, you know, merchandise and everything that, you know, people have so realized and become so ubiquitous now. But I, you know, per sort of the post, uh, you know, new normal pandemic life really was working with Rob a lot. Um, you know, and we can get into sort of our viewpoint of how kind of the world changed for us and the way that we have tried our best to engage the fans. But, um, you know, we work on social media together and, you know, we found your account, I think, pretty organically, if I remember correctly. And both of us were like, wow, you know, this classic Buffett guy, he's killing it. You know, he totally has this beautifully curated page. The photos are fantastic. At first, I remember we were talking. We were like, we don't even know where this guy's getting these photos from because we <laughs> love these old yeah. And we're like, God, you know, is this guy like an old employee? Like, is this like a secret identity of someone yeah. we work with? Um, so obviously, you know, we reached out and, and we've engaged and that's been fun for us. And I think that, you know, even though you're not formally a part of kind of our uh, enterprise, 
you know, you're very much a part of what we conceive to be the social media team that helps, you know, promote and, you know, keep the fans engaged and happy around Jimmy. So like I said, thank you for that. And oh, yeah. we're, we're big fans of the podcast. I think it's fantastic. And you just do a great job. But, oh, thanks, man. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, what I've been up to lately in terms of the my job capacity, which is why, you know, myself and Delaney are on here. Um, we uh, originated and fleshed out and created the Songs You Don't Know by Heart Project with the help of uh, Rob and our editor, Chase Coble, who's also a wonderful, incredibly talented guy that we work with. And that's really been the primary focus for us for the last couple months. And, uh, you know, we can get into sort of how that came about and what we're doing with that. But, uh, you know, the fans are incredibly excited by it. Delaney's been doing a fantastic job with it. And ultimately, it's just been a wonderful thing that came out of, you know, an otherwise very difficult, challenging period for everyone. And we're totally cognizant of that. Uh, but that's primarily what I've been up to as of late. Uh, there's some ancillary stuff, whether it be the merchandise. And we just had the song, you know, by Heart T-shirt come out, which we're excited about. Um, we've got some other projects in the pipeline that could be kind of around this either sort of theme or directly related to songs, which all should be interesting. Uh, but yeah, so that's essentially sort of how I've been spending uh, the last couple of weeks and months. And, um, you know, it's just every day something different and exciting. And that's the fun part about working for Jimmy. Yeah, and I, I love what you guys are doing during the lockdown, the COVID, the, uh, whatever you call it. Um, I, I think it's very inspiring. I think a lot of people have done a lot of good in this time. And I think uh, this is part of it. I mean, what the songs you know by heart to me has uh, – it's something I, I'm really into because I like storytelling. And I, I tell Delaney – after a few of them, I go, that's awesome. Like, I, I can listen to the stories over and over again because I've heard the songs a million times. <clears throat> but I really enjoy what you guys are doing. Uh, I know almost everybody that has talked about it, they have been just so enthusiastic about it. So I appreciate the whole you don't know by heart. So, and Delaney, uh, how do you know Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> <laughs> I've known him a very, very long time. Yeah, um, it's a good connection. Yeah, I had a good connection. Um, no, I, I think, you know, it's been to add on to what Dylan's been saying. I mean, you know, for me, I love storytelling as well. And I've sort of said this before, but what's been interesting about the project for me, because basically the origin story of it is that they tweeted out Dylan and Rob, like, what are the songs that you love that you don't know by heart? Um, and they got all these great responses. And it was Dylan and Rob came to me and we're kind of like, we should do a video component of this. You're quarantined with your dad. Why don't you film it? Um, you need something to keep him busy. And yeah. <laughs> it would be great content for the fans. So we started doing that. And it honestly, it was a great experience for me because a lot of the things that he told me I had not heard before. So it was a learning experience for me in terms of... Um, stories he was telling and the history of the songs and such and admittedly I don't listen to him that often so I actually there were songs that I had never heard before that um I would hear for the first time when we were recording yeah I didn't listen to my dad that often either when he was alive (laughs) (laughs) but I was curious I needed to ask this question because my dad told me the same stories, I don't know, 2,000 times a year. So I'm curious. That's what I was curious about. Have you heard these and you're like, this is this is all right. It's not that special. Um, <laughs> there's some, I mean, to be honest, when we're editing, Dylan can tell you this. Like, I think I am my dad's harshest critic because I'm his child. So, like, he'll yeah. tell a story and Dylan will be like, oh, I think that's so uh, – I don't want to – 
butcher what you said, Dylan. But he's like, oh, I think it's so like meaningful and beautiful, and I'll be like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, but you guys seem like you play off each other very well, which is it's still hard to do on tape. I mean, I. You know, my dad was a musician, and man, he was a drummer, though. So no one wanted to hear that shit. You know, so it wasn't that special when he played. You know, it was just loud. But um, I, I love the whole back and forth you have, and I feel like uh, the way you do edit it and leaving the you know I told you the other day you have I think he said goddamn in there, and as a guitar player, I was so excited. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he watched it a lot. Yeah, one of my one of my heroes uh, sucks on guitar sometimes. Also, I love that man. You know, so it makes it makes the average guy who plays feel very very good about himself. I mean, it takes him. There's one song that I won't say since they're not at all, but there was one song in particular where we were sitting there, and I don't even know. It took us like maybe six, like eight takes, no more, maybe ten to get him through the song. That would be like the the deep cuts when that comes out in like two years. You can release all that footage. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so what's it been like? Um, you've both been on lockdown. I mean, Dylan, of course, you're in New York now, right? Yes, I'm here. And yep. I went through that for three months before I snapped. And uh, obviously, Delaney, you were in, I think, Sag Harbor, correct? Uh, yes, I was with my family in Sag Harbor, yeah. And then you, you just got back to California. Yeah, I flew back on two days ago. Yeah. So are you happy to be home now? I am. It was an experience because I, I, I came back with my dog and I flew through Salt Lake and I was convinced that I hadn't I hadn't um, flown with the dog ever. So I was like convinced that the dog was going to have an accident on the plane or like during my layover. So it was a, it was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, sure. We should made it back safe, though. No, so. we made it back safe, but it was interesting to have. The, I also felt like the dog was pretty dermy, seeming to a lot of people because of COVID. So, but no, I made it back sound. I'm happy to be back. Unfortunately, the wildfires are absolutely crazy here. So, yes, yeah, nuts there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's nuts everywhere right now, but we can skip all that. But so yeah. I'm trying to go back and forth a little bit, but. Um, just because I've never had two people in separate areas like this before. But Dylan, um, can we talk about the shirts, uh, the classic shirts you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, look, I, in, in terms of for the question that you had about sort of the lockdown and the, and the quarantine here. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it sort of ties well into kind of the origination of the project in a lot of ways. So just to give kind of a backstory for this, um, you know, from my perspective, we were planning for, you know, we had a lot of exciting things coming up in 2020. This is before the world obviously totally changed. And obviously that includes the tour, the Slack Tide tour that was going to come out, um, which we were super excited about. And that was going to be fantastic. And Jimmy was thrilled as always. Uh, obviously in terms of for the hotels and the resorts, some new properties were opening. You know, there was one in Times Square that's opening, which could be fantastic. Um, and obviously we had the album, um, you know, life on the flip side that was coming out, which we went down to Key West and we recorded a shrimp boat sound. And obviously the album is out now and it's such a fantastic album and everyone was really excited about having such a brilliant, you know, really nostalgic in a lot of ways, Jimmy album come out on the back of a new tour. Uh, so obviously this all happens. Uh, the tour gets canceled. Um, obviously a lot of the hotels and resorts have temporarily closed and some of them still are. Uh, and then we were trying to release a new album during all of this. So it was just a totally, totally different game. And I remember when this was first happening and really the lockdown was, I want to say, two, three weeks into this. 
I was looking on social media and I don't know if you, you know, Dan, I'm sure you follow, you know, the classic, uh, you know, group of artists on social media. If, you know, if you don't, um, I'd be shocked, but it seemed like every artist on earth was doing you kind of the Instagram live. They would go on, they'd have their guitar, they'd have a piano in front of them. They would look at the comments and they would say, Oh, what do you want to hear? And they would play, you know, yeah, but I enjoyed that actually. The absolute, you know, Standard, predictable, you know. Oh, of course, yeah. you can imagine that, that they that they know by heart, right? Because they played it a million times at a gig or on the road. And we knew that we were going to have Jimmy, you know, reach out to the fans and do some kind of performance. And the conversation was pretty much like, "Look, you know, Jimmy is always very forward thinking, and that's the brilliance of him. And he really wanted to do something that would reach out to the fans, let them know that he's there for them." that he understands how challenging the world is at the moment. And Jimmy always is there to, you know, support and be in service of the fans because he loves them. And we can get into more about how I've seen that from working with him, but it was important to him that they were, we were there, we were on the front lines and we really wanted to show, you know, the fans that we understand and want to provide them with kind of, you know, even a moment's relief of entertainment through his songs. So the initial idea that we had uh, was to do a kind of bracket sort of thing. We were going to call it Margarita Madness. Uh, this was in March, so I thought it was, you know, a super clever play on, you know, March to call it Margarita, if you will. Yeah. And the, the thought process that I had, and I have to say this comes from my personal experience, because I really didn't know Jimmy's deep cuts until I started working with him. Uh, for some reason, when I started working with him, I made a decision where, you know, over a course of a weekend, I just sat wherever I was walking around or sitting around the house or doing whatever. And I've pretty much listened through his entire song catalog, right? Uh, just because I wanted to be in the know. And I realized myself, I was like, wow, you know, God, Jimmy's got these great, great songs that I've never heard of. I've never seen on the road. And I would just imagine that these fans that have been with Jimmy for 50 years love the songs the same way that I love them. So what we wanted to do was with the Margarita Madness bracket was basically put out only these deep cut songs, right? You know, we didn't want to have a situation which was kind of akin to, you know, the very, very iconic and famous setlist show in 2014 where the fans voted, but obviously the fans voted primarily for, you know, the big eight songs because yeah. they're wonderful and the fans love them. But there was a subsection of fans that have always wanted Jimmy to play you know, the deep cuts that he doesn't really get to. Oh, it's definitely fans like me who love the classic, the seventies, the early eighties who don't like, I go to the shows and I hear fans and Margarita. That's all great. But every now and then you're like, all right, this hotel room would be kind of awesome. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, there are fans like me everywhere. So they're the fans that you go to the show. You're hoping that Jimmy will play maybe in the encore or slip in a song that you haven't heard in forever and they love this part of Jimmy's catalog, and it is fantastic. So we wanted to basically do the bracket, and we were going to put out only these kind of songs. There would be no Margaritaville. There'd be no Cheeseburger. There'd be no Volcano, any of that. And I, you know, maybe this is my own arrogance. I, wrote, I made up this bracket. I thought, ah, you know, I know Jimmy's catalog pretty well at this point. I know what the fans want. I'll leave room for one or two songs that maybe I forgot about. And this goes back to what Delaney said about us tweeting out. I went to Rob. I said, okay, we've got this bracket. Jimmy loved it. Um, let's like ask the fans, you know, what are some songs you want to hear? And I thought that maybe we'd get, you know, 50, 100 comments and the, some of them we'd already have. Maybe I missed one or two. So we put out that kind of 
question on our social media and the response was insane. We got like 12,000 requests in an hour <laughs> piling in. This thing gets picked up by Newsweek. I mean, it was just beyond. And I, and I couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe that the fans were so charged up about this. So basically we said to ourselves, well, we don't even need the bracket because we have this absolute trove of requests from the fans. They're all deep cuts. We didn't get a single request even for the big eight songs, which shows you how much the fans were dying for this. And then basically what happened was, you know, wouldn't it be great if we went to Jimmy, we said, look, we're going to do a deep cuts only thing. And Delaney who, and this is, you know, me giving Delaney's background here is a brilliant filmmaker and has a real, real talent at bringing a very human element and going to a very special place with her subjects that she deals with in her day job, which this, you know, obviously isn't, she's not a formal member of our team. She was really helping us out. Now she's a full-time member pretty much, but yeah. you know, I have to be. also producer, director, actress, and writer, correct? Absolutely. I'm not, yes. not an actress, though. Well, you are. You have appeared in two films, I know. <laughs> oh, that's true. But yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, went. We went to Delaney and we said, "Look, wh- why don't you sit down with your dad and ask him questions about the songs? He'll learn the songs again. He'll play them." And Jimmy was totally game for this because it's probably the only time in his life he's ever been in one situation. He, you know, he's such a nomad. He's such a you know. A journeyman. He's always on the road and doing something. This is the first time he was really at home, you know, very focused and centered in one place. And we thought this is the only time for the rest of the training we'll get Jimmy to sit down and do this. We're going to capitalize on it. And obviously, as we were going through it, as I was watching the dailies for it and seeing in the editing process, it just became this extraordinarily authentic and genuine thing. And Delaney really elevated it and brought it to a place that only a daughter could do with their father, right? So that just turned into this you know, insanely special thing. We showed it to our internal team members. They were all incredibly excited about it. And then obviously as we've been releasing them, you know, from my perspective, social media is the grand central station of assholes, right? You know, oh, you, it's it no matter what yeah. have a problem with what you put out there. I don't care what it is. I mean, especially no, I completely agree. I agree. And I complain constantly. It, it's absolutely disgusting. What people say, I will post something of Jimmy and I'll get a comment and it's like, just shut up, man. And, like, it, <laughs> and there's, and especially in this climate too, where people are completely rightfully so, they're stressed, life is challenging, this is a new norm we're adapting to. People, yeah, but people are assholes that are assholes also. Yeah, that, yeah. Even the point being, I have never in my life seen social media activity where, and you can see this, you go on our Facebook page, go on our Instagram it's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand comments, and every single one is positive. People have an emotional reaction to this. Yeah. Not only appreciative of Jimmy and, and really Delaney's work, but these songs are really transporting them back to a simpler, better, easier time. And it's just what the doctor ordered right now. And I think that all of those elements together have made the project so exorbitantly successful and resonate so well. And, you know, we're only halfway done. And I think that with each video, it seems to be getting stronger and stronger. We're getting our groove from an editing or creative process, which is what Delaney and Chase do, and they do fantastically. And it's just been a wonderful thing that came out of this obviously really difficult, challenging time. And it's a silver lining for sure. Yeah, I I love it. And Delaney, is there anything you want to piggyback onto that? Sure. I mean, it was, I was, again, I was really excited when, when, you know, I... 
had been living with my parents and I was living with them for like six months, like right when quarantine um, went into effect, I was with them. And it was, I mean, it was a nice way to spend the day or a couple hours that we had um, talking with my dad and listening to him play and watching him practice. And like for what Dylan said, he's always on the move. So it was a unique opportunity to be able to have him in one place where we could actually sit down and dissect the songs. And he wasn't, you know, chomping at the bit to go somewhere. He had nowhere to go. So it was great. <laughs> I don't think he would say it was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been really great to see the fans reactions. And, you know, I, I, as anyone who gets self-conscious when you put something that you've worked on out to the world, I get so nervous and it's been great to see everyone's positive responses, honestly. So I'm yeah. happy about that. Um, because I, I, you know, I know a part of putting your stuff out there is again, I agree that, that social media is just, you know, an unhealthy negative place a lot of the time. But I think when you can put positive content out there for everyone to see, that's one of the better things about it. I'm in no way, shape or form a, a fan of social media myself, but yeah. I think that there are yeah, you're so active on it though. What do you <laughs> What? You're so active on it. I'm just joking. You're not... No, no, I've been active on it, but I, I mean in terms of I, I think there are m- many, you know, negative no, I... parts to it that I think that I like even for my own mental health where I just have to step away because I'm like it's creating this very heightened, unrealistic, you know. Oh, uh, it definitely is. Yeah. World. That's that and I it's very sad because it can be so positive in my opinion. Be, uh, it can be and yeah. that's that's why I started the classic Buffett because there's great photos everywhere and there's big fans. I mean, you know, you got to think most, I don't know what are the average ages of a fan, but it's probably 16. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been around that long. I mean, so I started the podcast to spread a little joy with the classic conversation with the, uh, with the old pictures and, uh, you know, and I, I want to thank Dwayne, you've been very supportive of the page as well. And I, I just appreciate that a lot. So no, it's, I mean, again, I've just, I enjoy all the photos you post. I mean, I, I like, you know, we were sitting around there. I remember, I don't know if you were there, Dylan, but we were sitting around um, this summer. And, and when I first found your page, I was talking to Rob and Dylan again about where, where is he finding these photos? Um, they're so good. And I was showing them to my dad and he was so excited too, to be able to get to see those photos. Cause I think a lot of them get lost. Um, in space because we have a lot of um physical prints hard copies of photos but you know there's not so many that we have digitized so it's great to just have them surface and for him to be able to see them i think it's a nice memory jog you know he'll say oh that's from when i was here during this time and actually there was a funny story that so i think for an old man who um (laughs) it's really nice to have that memory jog once in a while so Oh yeah, and so I don't post about where the photos were from. I don't because I, you know, and that's the problem with social media. Is I don't want to be a fact checker. To be honest with you, I don't know who took the photo. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what town he's in. Um, and I just put them out there for the enjoyment of putting them all in one place. And I think it's a good spot for fans to go and say, "Hey, this is pretty awesome." You know, I try to keep it eighty-five and before. It's going to be difficult eventually, <laughs> but um, I. I just thank you guys so much. And that's amazing that you both support. And thank you for showing your father. That that means a lot to me as well. Yeah, so, sure. but uh, Dylan, uh, let's move on to the, the shirt, man. We didn't get to the shirt yet. 
Yeah, let's. I mean, let's plug some product here. Come on. Yeah, let's sell some damn shirts. Yeah. <laughs> trying to eat tonight. Let's go. And I was in the fashion industry for 15 years. We can charge a little more, pal. No, no. Well, not according to the yeah. government. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 of course. It should be 1999. <laughs> so. I have people haggling me over $5 here. I'm like, Jesus, you know, it's yeah. not a shirt. I promise you. We're, 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 we're breaking even on this thing. Yeah, yeah. don't even sign. Come on, man. <laughs> no. well, Bro, you know, I love your shirt. I absolutely love the photo. Everybody knows that's the stash is killer. Yep. You know, that's where it's at. I, I, you know, it, to, to, to touch on the shirt, uh, it's funny because we, we've also really engaged the fans around, um, you know, sort of this, this vintage merchandise. And, and I think it goes back to sort of why I think that the classic Buffett account is so successful. And it, and it certainly has grown. And I've watched it, watch you grow this thing organically. Um, you know, people love Key West 70s Jimmy. I mean, when you think about, you know, there's kind of two Jimmies in my mind, right? Uh, you know, obviously some people like to think that the bifurcation is kind of around 1985, where obviously the term parrot head was coined. Um, you know, 1985 was when songs you know by heart came out. And I think that was, you know, you could easily say that that's really the point where Jimmy broke extraordinarily big. And if you look at the tour statistics, the tours got, you know, longer and bigger and all those things. But, you know, there is this Jimmy before that time where I really think it's, you know, it's really where Jimmy became Jimmy and it's those Key West years. It's those Nashville years. And I think the reason why people resonate with it so much is that it's just a really positive, very genuine vibe. It's laid back. It's nostalgic. It's thoughtful. And, you know, what I was kind of thinking about from a merchandising perspective um, was that, there really was sort of a void for this time period of Jimmy. And there are a lot of fans that love that Jimmy, that Jimmy speaks to them. It means something to them. And we wanted to take the songs, you know, by heart shirt. And we really wanted to capture Jimmy, um, you know, as we put it in our bio description, uh, you know, life before fame and a woman to blame. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is Jimmy that was really finding himself in those years in Key West and producing some of his absolutely, not only fantastic work for him, but, you know, what I think is it comprises one of the great American song catalogs that we've seen in the last 50, 60 years. But it was funny. The, we got the design for the shirt because a fan sent in an original, when I say sent in, they sent a picture um, of a 19, I believe it was 71 or 72. Um, tour t-shirt of Jimmy and it just said, you know, it looked exactly like that. It said living and dying in three quarter time underneath it. It was that great caricature of Jimmy. And so we really wanted to pay homage to those years and that time and really tie it into songs you know by heart. So, you know, the fans have really been receptive to it. They, they're, they're really enjoying it. And, you know, I'm not going to tip my hand too much, but I think that you'll be seeing more vintage um, inspired and authentic merchandise coming through on jimmybuffett.com, which if anyone listening hasn't checked out yet, um, you know, it's really a fantastic place to go to not only learn about Jimmy and his legacy and his, you know, craft, uh, but also too to really find this, you know, curated boutique selection of, you know, vintage inspired stuff. And we're only going to build that further because the fans really do like it. Um, so we're very, very happy with it. And we think it ties in great to the project, which is very much about learning more about, you know, a Jimmy Buffett that maybe you don't know, maybe you don't understand from, you know, the version of him you might have seen in other outlets or in the last, you know, let's call it even 20, 25 years, right? Before yeah. time. 
No, and I that's I, I personally, if you go forward with like the merchandise now is like the Margaritaville stuff, I personally do not own a single piece, but I absolutely love the vintage stuff. And you know what I talk about this, like my earliest shirt from Jimmy's like eighty, nineteen eighty or eighty three, then I have an eighty six. But after that, man, I, I'm out. You know? <laughs> and I want to get my hand on seventy something, but it's insane. There's one in the world and they want a thousand dollars. It has armpit stains and a cigarette hole in it. So it's nothing uh, to be desired, really. So, and but. I would say once again, you know, we're going to be coming out with, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that's very, very exciting. And I think that anyone should be excited about it if they're into what you're talking about. But certainly, yeah, I mean, you know, the secondary market is very, very uh, unattainable for these kind of stuff for Jimmy. Like you said, not a lot exists. They can go for, you know, Three, four hundred dollars. They're the size is weird. Um, yeah, you know, size and, is awful, man. You know, it's it's an you buy an XL, it fits like an extra small. You know, it's yep. sitting in the closet for forty years. Yeah, um, it is true. I have a four today's uh, belly shirt at home right now. So. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that's um, the stuff that we're really considering, and and I think that everyone's going to be excited about it soon. Yeah, um, and I know that we sort of teased that in a post that we did a couple of days ago, saying we've decided to do you know an old vintage shirt um, in honor of songs you know by heart. So I would just tell everyone to one follow the social media to get your updates, and two to you know keep your eye out for it because I think it's going to be really really exciting stuff over the next couple. Yeah, of years. and buy three. Buy yeah. <laughs> never up. Yeah, yeah. Don't be cheap, people. Come They're on. collectibles. It's, it's yeah. money. It really is. But they are super cool, man. And uh, I. Delaney, what do you think? I don't know if you're in the vintage style stuff also. I mean, what, do you like the whole you no, know, 70s look on the shirt? I love it. And I think to just agree with you, I think, you know, you can walk into some high-end fashion store and there are vintage t-shirts selling for an astronomical price. And there's a reason for that because people think it looks cool. And I think this look is similar to that, except it's actually um, – very reasonably priced, which you don't like. I, there are some stores that I'll go into. I'm like, how is this like Def Leppard shirt that I could definitely find in a, in a vintage store $200? Yeah, uh, I agree. I, yeah, it, it is Def Leppard. <laughs> so. But like, that's it always, it's, it's Def Leppard. And that's nothing against Def Leppard at all. But no, I know. <laughs> I see frequently in this one, vin- this one store. But I think the shirts are great. I, I love the design. I think that sort of to what you're saying, the people who might not um, want to purchase the more, you know, Margaritaville branded newer sort of stuff. I think it's a great nostalgic look. I think it, you know, I am, would never wear anything that said my dad's name on it. So that that's a personal preference, but I will yeah. say, I bet some of my friends would, would love the shirts and yeah, yeah. I wear, yeah. you know, I wear, I wear other band vintage shirts. I, all I wear are t-shirts and jeans. So if it didn't say his name in big letters on the front, I'd be all on it. But I think it's definitely super appealing for, you know, an array of ages as well. I think even like 50, you know, I think there are a lot of people who wear vintage band shirts and have no idea who the person is. Myself, well, actually. I literally sat down the other day at uh, the brewery here in Key West. And it was, it's basically a bunch of pirates and people who live on the boats. And I was invited there by one captain and I sat there and the guy who walked in had a cut off Jerry Jeff Walker shirt on probably from 1975. And I said, can I buy your shirt? He goes, man, I've had this for like 45 years. 
I was like, you know, I, like I'll give you fifty bucks because I can sell that thing for a grand right now. <laughs> so, but he was like, "Are you kidding me? We got this big discussion." Like they're so cool. That vintage shirt, they didn't know it was even vintage. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. <laughs> they had no idea. Yeah, and I loved sitting there and talking to this guy. And uh, but we got into the whole. He's been down here the whole time and saw your father play on the street corner. Oh wow! <clears throat> which is awesome, and it, it's a beautiful thing in the keys that. That still exists. That the people when you uh, your father was hanging down here, they're still here, man. Yeah, and I I find that incredible. The keys are a special place to me, and uh, I kind of want to go a little bit sideways and talk about. Uh, we'll do one at a time here, but uh, Delaney, I want to know about like you coming to the key and coming to Key West and what you think. Um, sure. I mean, I to be perfectly honest, um, I have not spent much time there. Um. I, so I, I grew up, I grew up in near West Palm beach and we didn't really go. We went to Miami a lot cause it was close, but I didn't go to the keys that much. We didn't by that time. Cause I was in school. My little brother was in school. We were spending a lot of time up there. So I haven't had a lot of experience. I went down there once with my dad, probably five years ago was the most, yeah. most recent time. Um, because we were going to Cuba together and we stopped over there, I think. Yeah. And it was awesome. I mean, I, I haven't gotten to experience it in the way that I think my sister did. Like she lives in Florida, so she goes down there quite a yeah. bit. Um, and also my dad had a, a spot there, but he sold it. So that was when they would so, more that time. That's what everybody's debate who always, where's Buffett's home in Key West? And, oh, you know, <laughs> it's gone, people. <laughs> it's gone. He has a, uh, yeah, it's gone. So, he, you know, they sold that house that he had for a long time. So I didn't really get to spend that much time there. I mean, I think it's a great place. You know, I, I just, I think I didn't, you know, like I, Hakey on his podcast asked me, you know, like, what was your experience? Oh, no, it's fine. No, to concerts and stuff. But, like, to be really honest, like, I wasn't around that, you know, I wasn't – I didn't go to that many concerts when I was a kid. We didn't go to Key West. We didn't go to work with my dad a lot. Like, we didn't, like, travel. So it was, like, a different experience, I think, than when my sister was younger. Um, She would travel a lot more with them. But, like, just me and my brother kind of hung out in in Florida a little bit. So I haven't – as much as I love Florida, I haven't spent as much time in the Keys as I I would have admittedly liked to. Yeah, I completely understand. Like, uh, it when your dad was here in the seventies, it's a whole different place than it is now. Except yeah. for like seven places are still kicking ass that yeah. he hung out at, which is super cool. And like, as a huge seventies fan of that era, and more even like of Key West in that era, like, I, I my one of my goals, like, like would be to walk the streets with your father just to take a walk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think the stories and everything would be pretty cool. So that's my idea for your uh, next biography or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. The Streets of Key West with Jimmy Buffett would be pretty awesome. So, Dylan, uh, how about you, man? I mean, you you were down here in January. Have you been, I think, right? have you been down Oh, sorry. Sorry, Dylan. Oh, no. I was just yeah, tagging in. Have you been down to Key West, Dylan? Yes, I was there when they uh, recorded the album. You oh, were here in January, God. correct? I forgot. Yeah, I I was here the day after he played Margaritaville, and uh, a little yeah. pissed off, but we can move forward and tell me about like what do you? Because I I'll post something like bo's. I'm a bo's for lunch, and you're like, yeah, man, that's where it's at. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you know, I would say that my experience at Key West 
was a blast. I had actually been there once before uh, with friends in college. You know, this was, you know, five, six years ago. But going with the full team down there for the recording of Life on the Flip Side was really an extraordinary experience. Uh, we were at Shrimp Boat Sound, which is Jimmy's studio there, um, which was a blast. Uh, that's why when you're at, you know, BOs or Fisherman's, you know, I, you know, just remember that from the short time that I was there, but it was yeah. fun. We, uh, I had dinner with Jimmy at Louie's Backyard, which was awesome. And, you know, I would say that when you're walking around uh, Key West with Jimmy, it's like walking around with, you know, the Statue of Liberty, right? I mean, it's it's the most heavily concentrated group of his fans, um, you know, and not in like an insane people are breaking the windows and being disrespectful. Everyone just so reveres him, what he did for Key West. Um, many people, which I think is similar to, I think maybe your kind of personal journey there, uh, came to Key West for the first time because of Jimmy. And uh, it's just a very, very fun, cool experience being down there. I mean, I love history. I was a history major in college. I'm also a massive Hemingway fan. Um, so it's cool for me, given his relationship to the place too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just a wonderful, fun vibe. It's, it's, it, it just doesn't even feel, you know, like it's part of the, you know, United States, even you feel like you're just in your own sort of world. And I can only imagine what that environment was like, uh, when Jimmy was really, you know, living there in the early seventies and creating music and meeting all these characters that served, served as the sort of, you know, inspiration for some of his greatest work. And you can hear that when, you know, in the interviews with songs, you don't know by heart when he talks about it. Oh yeah. But I think that in a world where everything has inherently gotten so fast paced, so disconnected on the back of technology and just so sort of, uh, if you want to call it gentrified or, or sanitized of sort of soul and tradition and history. I, I view Key West as very much a time capsule. Um, and I think that it's a very, very cool, fun place to visit. And I don't know if I would, you know, move down there uh, for eternity. Uh, but, you know, for me getting to go down there and to, and to be with Jimmy and to really be a part of him, you know, making another fantastic studio album, which obviously doesn't happen all too much. Yeah. Uh, it was certainly a pinch me moment and just another very, very cool, you know, opportunity that I've gotten to experience as a result of working on this team. Yeah, I, I completely agree that uh, Key West is a time capsule and um, the characters that he grew up with here, I mean, hung out with here when he was younger I, I'm pretty sure it's still here because there are some weird fucking people down here. <laughs> but they are still the greatest storytellers. And and you never know who you're going to meet down here. Millionaires and bombs, the whole thing, it just together. And it's it's so poetic. And I, I think it's a special place. And that's why, I, of course, I live here. Uh, Dwayne, your father had a lot to do with me living here, <laughs> growing up and losing my father at 18 and having so many albums uh, by JB and I kind of was like oh I vacation in Florida Jimmy sings about the keys one night in my car I drove to Key West and that was my first experience was alone in Key West and oh, wow. I've been coming ever since but uh, your father's music the writing actually inspired me big time um, so I you know personal shout out I want to thank him for that it, it changed my life in a very many positive ways and uh, I just I don't know. It's amazing, you know, what, what music can do to you. And if it's not JB, if it's whoever else you listen to, we read, whatever it is, it, it people can change your life that you never met. And I absolutely love that about music. 
No, I agree. And I, and I think it's, it's, you know, even in the stories, some of the songs that I won't reveal, because don't want to get mad at me, but some of the songs that we have coming up, um, you know, the way that he speaks about the keys um, in that era does make me, you know, want to time travel and see what it would have been like to be there um, and to see him performing and to see the bars. Even when he speaks about New Orleans, because I love New Orleans so much, um, the idea of being there in the 60s. But, you know, I yeah. think what's great about the series, and again, I, I feel fortunate to be able to partake in it and to hear what he has to say is, you know, he said in one of the interviews that has already got released that he felt like he was taking a vacation with his former self. And I, and I think it really is that for him. Um, and it's interesting to see him remember, but it's also fun for me to hear about these places because I've spent uh, quite a bit of time in New Orleans. Um, so the idea of picturing it in the 60s as such a different place, but also similar in that sort of in the same vein as Key West, such characters and such, you know, crazy colorful place that um cannot be sort of mimicked easily so yeah it, it, it reminds me the the videos you're doing now and the songs you don't know by heart are it, it remember if you watch the uh is it tales from margaritaville the one song on there that always like sweeps me away is uh when he plays nautical wheelers because it oh, was yeah. filmed i can't remember what where it was filmed but uh, someone's gonna get mad if i say it and i won't like fact check it but that was like and even the interview before that was like this pretty much sums up key west in the 70s and the guy barefoot dancing around yeah I mean, yeah and these stories now kind of take you back to that so each story like each time he tells you can almost picture that era so it's pretty cool you know and it's funny because the songs you don't know by heart name is like the opposite to really diehard buffett fans because all these songs are the ones i know by heart you know, yeah. like that's what these are the so deep that that's all I listen to all the time. So it's it's, it's kind of amazing. I love the project. Um, I wish it wouldn't end. I hope it. You know, I hope there's some deep tracks saved. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's funny, Dan, because you know, with with your story about you know your own sort of personal journey to Key West. I mean, I think that Jimmy, you know, would love that and be very moved by it. And I think it really speaks a lot to, I think, the success that Jimmy's had over the last, let's call it 60 years now. And, you know, for me and my perspective on it, there's, you know, different ways that you could look at success, right? A lot of people, I think, quantify the level of success that you have with the amount of money that you've earned over the course of your career. And at the end of the day, yes, of course, uh, making a lot of money is a characteristic of someone who's highly successful. But Really, anyone can make a lot of money. It's not hard to make a lot of money, right? You know, I could go out and win the lottery and make a lot of money. I come from, you know, a traditional finance world where pretty much if you play the game, you will make a decent amount of money over the course of your career. But the success that I think that Jimmy has achieved over the span of his career is really that the people that consume your product, really, it means something to them, right? It's almost to the point where, you can't step away from the work because the people that consume your product, they need it to live and function and process and it inspires them. And I think that Jimmy takes that responsibility incredibly seriously. I mean, if you look at the span of his career, just the creative depth and range that he has across so many mediums, whether it be song, performance, books, musicals, even business in a lot of ways. Blenders. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just he constantly has a story to tell and he so loves that relationship that he has with the fans and feels that connection. And I can say this with complete certainty because I deal with him on an intimate level, you know, through my day job, but he cares so deeply about the fans and for him to play even just a small role of making people's lives better, more quantifiable, uh, easier to just sort of enjoy yourself. That's why he does this at this point. You know, he didn't pack his bags 30 years ago and move to an island and just, you know, totally give it up and enjoy himself. He really takes that responsibility seriously. And based off of your experience and what it motivated you to do and explore yourself and to find a new chapter of happiness, that's exactly why Jimmy does this. And he would be really happy to hear your story. Yeah, that's great. I thank you so much. appreciate for saying that. It means a lot. Um, and no, it, the music is always moving. The books got me through very hard times. Uh, Pyro Oaks at 40 uh, was an escape when I couldn't escape. You know, and uh, it's like a vacation in so many pages. And I've always appreciated that. But I've always wondered about uh, JB is I absolutely love the honesty. And I, I feel today we, we don't have that enough anywhere. You know, I this is, you know, I stole money from the Quickie Mart, but I, I paid it back. It's all right. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather you tell me that than lie to me. You know what I mean? I absolutely just love the honesty. Even the first pages of the Pirate Oaks at 40, the, my, my life in 400 words or less is amazing. That basically sums up every man. And if you can do that and be happy, uh, it's pretty impressive, man. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the brilliance of Jimmy and the way that he creates. And, you know, when you think about his catalog and sort of the, you know, themes that Jimmy plays with, right. Whether it's, you know, partying, whether it's surfing, whether it's sailing, Jimmy is really brilliant at taking very, seemingly simplistic ideas or themes or motifs. And then he just hits you with that one line, that one verse, that one word that takes a song that would otherwise be a complete joke and make it really serious. Right. And that to me is the brilliance of him and the way that he creates. And from my perspective, you know, the tropes of serious songs are so predictable, right. You know, some heavy ballad or something about, you know, love or loss or all these things. Yeah. It's so cliche to a certain point. And the fact that Jimmy can take something as silly as stealing from a quickie mart, right. You know, the oldest surfer on the beach, right. Yeah. Ideas that are very silly on surface and he really humanizes them and makes them incredibly relatable, which is similar, in my opinion, to the, what Delaney does through her work and taking very goofy, silly things on purpose and really hits you on a very human level with it, that you understand something in a way that, you know, you wouldn't have on just a one dimensional surface level. And I think that that, in my mind, is what makes Jimmy's work so brilliant. Yeah, and that's very, very rare because it's easy to come slap someone in the face with something that's serious or silly it's a lot harder to have someone come in with a predisposition that something is something and then convince you that it's not. And that's what Jimmy does. And that's why I think the fans resonate with it. And when you think about these songs, you don't know by heart, right? Uh, You know, when I was talking to Jimmy about, he's very fascinated by the collection of songs. And once again, I will not be revealing any of the song lists. No, I'm not going to ask you. I don't want to know. Like, Dan, you know, I'm just going to get that out there to know. 
don't press your luck. I can leave this chat at any time. Oh yeah, my but- <laughs> I would never ask that anyways, man. <laughs> He's very serious about that. He takes it very seriously. He doesn't want anything. It's very seriously. It's yeah, like, what if, I'm going to be disappointed if I know. That's the problem. Like, in, you know, the listeners want to know, but I'm not. Someone's like, uh, I was going to put out there, like, does anybody want me to ask Delaney and Dylan these questions? And I was like, why? I don't really care. You know, I'm I'll ask my own questions. Yeah. Top secret, but I will say that it's a very and look. You can see this from the seven or eight songs that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a totally you know eclectic, whether it be from you know the vintage of the song, what the song's about, the album. You know, it's not like oh, it's all from A One A, right? And everyone just loves A One A, or it's all from Him and Danger. Everyone just loves that album. You know what I mean? It's all damn right, I do. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such an interesting collection of songs, and you know when I was talking to Jimmy about it. He's very fascinated by the selection of songs that the fans came up with. And he's trying to figure out why did the fans pick these songs, right? And my perception on it is that I don't think that's the right way to look at it. And this is what Jimmy has said to me about a friend, uh, Michael Nesbitt, who said to him is that there are just some points in your life where, for whatever reason, it's not intentional. You don't really know why. You just tap into people's dreams or hopes or how they felt about something And that's why I feel with these songs, it's more that the song kind of finds you. It's not that you necessarily picked it or sought it. If you were feeling lost at this time, if you were feeling particularly exuberant, if you just lost your grandparent or lost something you cared about, if you needed escapism in that time in your life, any of the things that it may be, that's really what the brilliance of it is. And the fact that, look, our first song was Captain and the Kid. Jimmy wrote that song in like 1967. And we got thousands of requests for captain and the kid and none of the people that requested or i would say a very very small percentage you know owned the original down to earth album no they gravitated towards that song because what jimmy said is so universal and resonates with the people and i think that comes through with the song selection and ultimately there is no rhyme or reason to songs other than Jimmy, for whatever reason, tapped into something that mattered to you. And that's why you have carried the song in your heart for 40 years and you never gave it up. And you still go to that show wanting to hear it. That's oh, what it matters to you. I completely agree. Uh, I, I, everybody knows, if you heard the podcast, I'm a huge fan of uh, Havana Day Dream. And it's my favorite album because it, it has the t- keys tied into it so deeply. Um, but the first time I heard this, uh, my head hurt, my feet stink on the way to Key West was the first time I heard it. And I didn't know what the hell Fausto's was, you know, what I mean? so, but when you got here, like, holy crap, the whole thing's right there. And to me, that's why it's so special to my heart. You know, um, I've had a chocolate milk from Fausto's, which is a big deal. So, um, Delaney, Dude, that, that's yeah. when you see, um, Delaney's mom's songwriting on that album, which Delaney discovered in the project. Yeah, which is pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know she was a songwriter. Still, they argue about it. So, does she? How many credits does she take for two? One, two. She, just, she, just, she has two credits, but she doesn't really take the credit. It's more her saying she did it. My dad being like, I don't know. Yeah, and you know it's funny. Like um, someone asked me the other day, why don't you ever post pictures of them together? Because I crop photos, I, and I think people have noticed that before that I only put Jimmy. Or random people, I have no idea who they are sometimes, but I, I crop your mother or you or anybody out of photos all the time. And uh, 
I hope you guys don't mind that I try to keep it so buffet. I'm not the one to put anybody else's name out there too much. You know what I mean? Well, no, my mom's a very private person, so I don't think she cares at all. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I cropped her wedding photo, and someone was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, no. you know, I'm trying to be – I don't speak for him. This is a fan page, so I will not put anything out there that I – that people ask all the questions. What what's he feel on this? Like, dude, I I'm not speaking for anybody. You know what I mean? So I hope you're not offended that I crop photos constantly. Never. So. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't like photos, and my mom doesn't either. So you're not barking up the wrong tree here. <laughs> yeah, great. I just and I, I I do want to put this on the record. I asked permission from some of these photos from you from your. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, and I do want to give a shout out. We were just talking about the Down to Earth album. Uh, Dylan, yes. I had a fan send that to me last week of the page, so I want to say a thank you to Anthony. The guy's awesome. I I would have never thought I was going to get the um, Down to Earth original album sent to me a house, so um, I really appreciate. It. I just want to give that shout out there to him. So um, I'm going to ask you both uh, one more question, and uh, Delaney, I'll go with you first. Uh, what's next for you? What's next for me? Um, yeah. I am just basically. I have been writing a lot, so that's what I'm sort of focusing on right now. Um, I'm hoping to once everything sort of if and when settles down a bit more to get out and shoot some things. But um, right now, I've just been focused on my writing and I'm trying to get a couple of things made and sold. And so I have been fortunate enough where I can, you know, have had a lot of time um, during quarantine to sort of be able to write as much as possible. And I and I, I think a lot of people have been saying they felt creatively stunted during this time, but I have sort of felt the opposite and that I just have had so much time that like I would be kicking myself, this is just me, if I wasn't writing as much as possible. Um, because I don't think there'll ever be a time like this again where everyone's so still and I have no social life. I feel like like at most of my friends and people right now. So it's great to be able to write at night and at all hours. And although I have a dog right now, which is taking up <laughs> some time training, um, I just really want to focus on my writing so that I something will hopefully come to fruition. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think this is a good time to really dive deep into yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, personally, I mean, you know. I don't, I don't want to do that for myself. <laughs> you, you might be afraid what you find, too. And right, no, one, no, one, <laughs> no one wants that. Believe me, no, no one wants that. Yeah, don't, don't put any of yours on paper, nothing recording, nothing like this. Yeah, no, no one's ready to hear what I have to say. <laughs> yeah. That's not true, but no one wants you to dig deeper into yourself. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> so, Dylan, I would ask you the same question. I know you can't be too open about what the future holds on the JB uh, front, but what about you, man? What what? Yeah, I know you got the shirts, the, the songs you don't know by heart. Um, and I, I do want to ask one more question on top of that, because the one thing I do want to know, will this be put into a streaming, The I don't know what is, uh, maybe a, a Blu-ray, whatever the heck it is, option? I just want to respond to that question, and I want to thank you for the question. And I want to say that there are a lot of things going on right now, and anyone who loves this project will be very excited with what happens over the next five to six months. And that's how I'm going to respond to that. That's good for me, man. Yeah, because the one, the one, did, both people want to see like Live by the Bay DVD Blu-ray, man. They, you know what I mean? They want that old school. We need to find some footage and throw it out there because I'm so sick of looking at YouTube. 
So, <laughs> I mean, you got to go deep into YouTube, man, to find some stuff. And there's some awesome stuff out there, but it'd be like a good place, like getting it all together. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny because I see all these comments and going back to people, you know, sometimes people are a bit of know-it-alls on social media. You know, we, we, we get it. We love this stuff too, but there's a lot of hurdles often to get that stuff either back into our camp or to release it over certain mediums. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's rights issues, there's, you know, licenses, there's a million people involved. So, you know, we love all the old stuff. We're very focused on it. Um, we're, we're very thoughtful about how we approach it. And like I said, you know, it's a big focus of us. We think it's going to be a fantastic new chapter that will not only satisfy the people that have stood by Jimmy and been fans of his for, you know, 50 plus years now, but I think that it has a very, very universal broad appeal to a lot of people that maybe didn't know Jimmy before, maybe only associated him with Margaritaville or cheeseburger and really will through this, you know, whether it be projects like songs or, you know, new projects we have in the pipeline that may be similar or through merchandising, uh, will really discover him and, and will become their own version of fans of themselves. And so ultimately, we're very focused on that. I'm focused on that. Uh, I will not be looking into myself. I'm just trying to survive during the virus and make it to the next day. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, just keep, uh, you know, pushing it forward. And I, I really, really think that there's a lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline and everyone who is interested in Jimmy currently and who will become interested in Jimmy uh, is in for a fantastic, fantastic next year or two. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I want to thank both of you for being on it. It means a lot to me. And, uh, and thanks so much for supporting the page. And is there anything you want to say to the fans of, uh, you know, normally I ask, what would you say to Buffett? Like if you met him at a bar, but like, that's like the stupidest question for you two. But um, <laughs> yeah. so do you want to say something to the fans who do follow you on uh, songs you don't know by heart? Sure. I mean, I just, I, I hope everyone's enjoying it. And I think, you know, we have some awesome new videos coming out shortly. And I think as Dylan said, um, this project is sort of like the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so we hope that everyone's enjoying it. And I really thank everyone for watching and they're, um, amazing comments and feedbacks. It means a lot to to me and my dad and Dylan and Rob and Chase who have worked really hard on the video component. Yeah, and just and just to add on to that, uh, you know, the the comments and the feedback has been really wonderful. It's it's made me tear up at times. It's really moved me. And I just want to say that to everyone out there who does follow Jimmy, you know, keep it coming because Jimmy reads every single comment. It means a lot to him. Delaney reads everything that you address to her and is focused on that. And it's just the support that we've had for this project has been fantastic. And we feel a lot of pressure to keep it going and to keep it as great as it's been. And like Delaney said, I think there's a lot of great stuff to come and everyone should really enjoy it. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. And uh, we can just end it there. I'm good with that. So, awesome. so awesome. yeah, thank you. So much fun. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.